Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. A couple of weeks ago, we started a series called 23, and we've been kind of dissecting the Psalms 23 as David is writing this in his life. And um, last week, I didn't get uh, the chance to preach. I actually lost my voice. It's back, and I'm ready to go. So you guess what? You're, you, better, you better get a notepad. We're ready to go. It's two weeks of not preaching for me. And, um, and we see how David took this verse, which was such a popular verse. We all, we all heard, at least heard, or know Psalms 23, you know? Um, usually it goes, uh, it, it's kind of weird. It goes towards either a funeral or a death. But in reality, there's so much meat to this verse that if we just skip through it or it's just one of those things that we just grew up with, man, we're missing the essence of what God wants to speak to us through this verse. Because it's not only for the, the, a, a, a section of your life at the end. No, it's for us to move forward and for us to grow in our life as well. Psalms 23 is such a vital part, should be a vital part of our life because it just directs us into who, the, who's in charge of our life. And we talked about week one, who is the shepherd? The shepherd is Jesus Christ and how he is the, gives us direction. He's the one that's directing our life. And we said that things can shepherd your life if you let them. If you let them, but who is truly shepherding your life, giving you the guidance you need? And today we're going to be going into verse 4 into Psalms 23. And the question I ask for you today is this. How do you live life in the middle of darkness? How do you live life in the middle of darkness? If you know, God, if you know the word of God, it says that we are the light, right? We are the light in this world, that we need to... We need a, uh, radiant light of the Holy Spirit in our life, but how can you be who God called you to be, the light, when darkness is all around? Because I'm not going to be one of those preachers to tell you, hey, everything's going to be great in your life. If you have a preacher that says that, guess what? Probably don't listen to them that much. Because <laughs> the reality is, things happen in life. And we see clearly how Jesus himself said within his word how in this life things will happen, but we need to take heart that, guess what? Jesus is still Jesus. God is still God, and he's still working in our life. How do you live life in the midst of darkness? Have you been there before where you are trying to do all you can and be who God's called you to be, but you, all you see around you is darkness. All you see around you is your problems. All you see around you is your issues, and you can't seem to be who God called you to be. You can't probably live out that light in you because all you feel is the pressures of the darkness. And this is where in, in Psalms chapter 23, verse 4, David is. Here, David is directly speaking of this darkest moments in his life and how he navigated through that. And we heard this verse multiple times. If you've been to a funeral, you know this verse. Let's go here to Psalms 23, verse 4. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, like we said, we usually hear this verse, uh, this section of this verse, 
when it comes to the end of your life. And how depressing is that? You know, you know, you're talking about God comforting me, but guess what? It's the end. But in reality, he's not only talking about the end of your life. He's talking about the process towards your purpose. And if we don't really understand these things in this verse, we're only going to see what, because what happens in our life, if we're not truly reading God's word for our life, we're only going to read it for what other people say it is. I'm a pastor. You need to, when I preach to you, go and do your own research. Because what happens is we have been, have tendency to listen to a person and not listen to the spirit. And we, we tend, have the tendency to listen to, to a person who sometimes has the good intentions but might have misquoted or put you in a direction that you don't need to go in. And you say it as your own religion and you just stick with it. And what happens is you start living a life outside of the context of what God wanted you to live because you're only living a somebody's opinion of the word and not the word. So we can tend... We can listen to this verse all the time and be like, oh, man, when, you, when, when in my funeral, you get comforted because somebody's dead. But this is not what that verse is really talking about. He's talking about so much more. In matter of fact, it talks not only about the end, it is the emphasis of the hope of what God gives us each and every day. There's certain things that we need to know in this verse as we navigate this darkest season of our life, number one is this, darkness will come. Darkness will come. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, if you read this verse, Psalms 23, the whole thing, David is talking about great things in the beginning. He's like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Those are great things. And then out of nowhere, he says, the shadow of death. <laughs> He gets real dark real quick. David, uh, David was a musician. And you know musicians, when they're writing music, you know, it, it gets dark real quick. You know? Let's talk about uh, Taylor Swift real quick, you know? She, she messed everybody's life up, all right? It says this is the first dark note in this beautiful psalm. Previously, David wrote about green pastures and still waters and paths of righteousness. But then out of nowhere, bam, the darkness comes. Let me give you the most freeing, ver the freeing saying I can give you in your life. Let me, let me set you free for your life. Number, here's the thing. Darkness will come. Wait, 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 wait. How is that freeing? How, how is that encouraging to my life? It is probably the most encouraging thing you can know. Because what happens is we're surprised when the enemy attacks. Oh, why me? We got too many Christian people in this place. I guess I'm not the only unholy one, all right? Because you got to speak to me because this is the reality in your life. Because the thing is, is we are surprised when the enemy attacks. But when we know that he's going to attack, I'm ready with the weapons that God has given me. But if we live life thinking darkness is not going to kind of try to surround me, you're always going to live a life not ready. You're going to live a life not ready. So when we know, hey, haha, darkness will come, I know that hope will still rise. 
But when we're surprised at these attacks of the enemy, we're always going to be left ready to not fight the battle. When we know it's coming, we're ready to fight the battle. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trials when it comes upon to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. Read the Bible. He clearly says, hey, dummy, stop being surprised when things happen to you. Because guess what? It is. So when we know this, this is where David knew. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he knew that the darkness was going to come into his life. But the reality is we need to know that darkness will come, but light will always outshine the darkness. See, when we follow the shepherd, we, we still can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We see this in Genesis. We see two brothers dealing with this concept of darkness will come and how they navigated through that. You ever heard the story of Cain and Abel? Cain and Abel, you know, they, it, was, it was kind of a shocking thing, but the Lord kind of cle clearly laid it out for Cain and Abel in, um, in Genesis chapter Genesis, I didn't put the verse down, or I just deleted it real fast. But it's in Genesis, um, it says this. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Let me stop right there. Be careful of the way you compare your life with others. Because your favor is not others' favor. And your blessing is not others' blessing. But when you compare yourself to other people's blessing, oh, I'm better than them, so why are they blessed? You losing that. Because the person that you're trying to compare to don't give two messes about you. But you are ruining your joy. You're ruining your life. To compare yourself with other people's blessing. But you have to live this life of contentment and knowing, hey, whatever God has gifted me, I'm going to steward it the best I can. Because we, we don't have a blessing issue. We have a stewardship issue. Because God blesses us, but we sometimes mess up the blessing. Clear example. COVID. Bad. We had all these checks, right, given to us. COVID blessing, okay? Some people are like, I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to get financially set. But here they come with brand new shoes and brand new things. And then the COVID blessings are gone. And what happens? I'm broke. Well, what, what, what can I get, catch up on my bills? You missed the blessing, boy. Because I, I wasn't expecting no, no checks in the mail. You see what I'm talking about? We tend to do that at times. God has gifted us with us. And I'm not talking about only material things. In your life, God has, if we don't steward what God gives us the right way, we're always going to compare to others. And this is what Cain and Abel was doing. He said, hey, I look at Abel and I don't look at Cain in favor. And this is why in verse 6 says, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? 
Why are you, is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. You must rule over it. See, the enemy is not just waiting on the sidelines for your soul. He's just not like, hey, just waiting. No, he's, like, he's crouching. He's like, he's ready. He's ready. Whenever you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. He's ready. He's ready for you to feel when you're vulnerable and whenever you're, you're down or whenever you're feeling like, you, you, you know, when you and your wife have that argument, he's like this. Crouching. That really hurts, actually. <laughs> he's just crouching, ready for you just to give him that inch. See, we shouldn't be surprised. Why are we confused? Why are we shocked? We ask these questions. Why is it happening to me? Why am I dealing with this? Why am I feeling like I have to quit? It's because you don't know how to just endure. God has given you the ability to endure in the darkest seasons of your life. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, and says, it says this. It says, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. He wants somebody to devour. It clearly says, why are we shocked? We had to know that the darkness will come, but we have the power to overcome it in our life. So why is the enemy trying to take us down? Why is darkness trying to surround us? I'm going to give you a newsflash. The devil hates you. <laughs> he hates you. He knows that you are better than him. Because God still chose you. Like Austin said last week, hey, the devil messed up once. But we mess up and God still pours his grace on us. And the devil hates that. So he's going to do everything to get into your mind, to get into your temper, to get into your decision making, et cetera, et cetera. Why are we shocked? Matter of fact, the verse starts off. It says, it says, um, hey, he says, yeah, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Why do you say yeah? He's like, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, I walk. It's going to happen. I walk, but here is the, I can give you all these nice talks, these TED talks to you, but I'm just going to give you the word. Because I need you to know, I need you to know this. In the darkness, you are victorious. Listen to that. Somebody needs to hear that today. In the darkness, you are victorious. And I'm not going to say anything else. Let me just give you some scripture of what his truth is. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4 says, For the Lord your God will go and fight against your enemy, and you will get the victory. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who shall be against us? Philippians chapter 3, 4, verse 13. I shall do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Romans chapter 6, verse 14. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law but under grace. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. But but thanks be to God who gives us the victory in Lord Christ Jesus. Psalms chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. One of my favorite verses. The Lord. Many are surrounding against me, but I say to you, God, you are my deliverer. You are my shield around me. You're the glory and you are the lifter of my head. 
we can stand firm in darkness and still rise and be victorious in our life. I will be victorious when darkness arises. Number two, one thing we have to learn about this verse in Psalms chapter 23 is, is a casted shadow, a casted shadow. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. <clears throat> I remember in cartoons or in movies, whenever um, there's this, there's this big shadow that is casted on a wall or on the floor, and then it gets very suspense and everything. Then out of nowhere is like a small little thing. You know, like it's like a mouse. And then when the shadow is casted, the, the person in the movie or in the cartoon is like, oh, 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 and then the light hits. And then guess what? It's a little mouse. It's a shadow that is casted. You know, what if I told you today that the pressure and the darkness you feel all around you is just a shadow? I'm preaching today, Lord. I'm sweating up here. I'm the only dummy that wears a sweater in 100 degrees in Florida. All right. What if I told you that the pressure you feel, that the sin you feel that is surrounding you is not really there in person, it's just a shadow. It's just a shadow. You are sitting in the shadow. Sometimes the illusion of our problems is just a shadow casted, and we still have the power to overcome in our fear. We tend to feel like death is all around. This is the end. I'm quitting. I'm quitting. But you're sitting in a shadow. You have the power over the enemy. The Bible clearly says that. The, uh, Spurgeon says it like this. Death is the, is, is the substance that has been removed. And the only sh the thing that the shadow is remains. Nobody is afraid of a shadow. For the shadow cannot stop a man's pathway even for a moment. The shadow of a dog cannot bite. The shadow of, an, of a sword cannot kill. The shadow of death can't destroy us. It's just a shadow. It is clear how in this verse they use the word shadow to determine the death. But sometimes what we look at is just the death. But what if it's just an illusion of the problem that you're dealing with and you're sitting in the problem, but you really are an overcomer in the middle of it. But this is what the enemy does. He makes us believe the lie. Oh my gosh, it's, it's this huge shadow, but then out of nowhere, it's a little mouse. And we live life in anxiety when we shouldn't have never lived that way because we're living in a shadow. And if we know that the enemy is trying to kill, steal, and destroy us, but in reality, he doesn't have power over us, we, give, we grant him the power. We always, if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you live a life in victory because of what the sacrifice Jesus did on that cross. But most of the time, we live life in defeat because we feel like we can only overcome our issues with our abilities. And guess what? You can't overcome your issues in your abilities. That's why Jesus did what he did. 
That's why he bore himself on that cross. That's why he said, I, I, your sin is as far as the east is from the west, that you don't have to live in that fear of your sin. You are an overcomer. When you accept him as your personal savior, it says he washes your sin white as snow. That you don't have to live in the condemnation of your sin. Yeah, we have to make sure that we are living a righteous life in God. But when you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you can stand tall and say, hey, the darkness might be around, but I live victorious in the shadow. The shadow will not overcome me. I will stand firm and know that, hey, maybe this is just a lie. He says, I will go through the shadow of the valley of, of death it might appear big but what if I tell you it's just small and we make it big for ourselves the issue you're dealing with is maybe just a shadow casted and death is not there no life is there we need to rise up our faith and know that God is still in control number three he clearly talks about this the process of through, the process of through. So not only do we have to recognize, hey, darkness will come, but we also also understand, hey, maybe it's not as big as we think it is. Maybe it's just that casted shadow. But then we have to also know this process of through. Notably, David recognized that under the shepherd's leading, he may walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It is not a destination. It, it, it isn't his destination or his dwelling place. You still can move forward in your fear. You can still move forward in your anxiety. You can still move forward in your depression. You can still move forward in your sin. Because the reality is the enemy wants you to park that butt in your issue. It says, even though I walk, the action was walking. That means he's going forward. Even when I walk through the valley. He didn't say, hey, even when the valley is there, I shall sit down. I shall park my life. And this is what we do at times. We see, we have the pressure. We see the, the enemy trying to surround us. We see all the issues and we just park ourselves in it. When God has called us to move through it. We, we just park. Well, you don't know what they did to me. And I, I, I understand. But you're still victorious. Right. I, I, you, you don't know what they said about me. I, I, I understand. I, I truly do. And, and we're not downgrading that. Yeah, you can have your process of grieving, but I'm here to tell you that you are not your issue. That David clearly knew that, hey, the valley of the shadow of death is apparent. The valley of the shadow of death is here. But guess what? I'm still walking through. I'm still moving forward. I'm still coming to church. I'm still joining that small group. I'm still giving. I'm still serving. Even though I don't feel like it at times, I'm still going through because I'm not parking in my issue. I'm walking past my issue. You know, one thing that can take you quickly to the valley of the shadow of death is called I-4. 
If this is a, an indication of what the valley of the shadow of death is, you know going to Orlando, that, that place of the mouse, all right? I remember a couple, about a couple years ago, I was going on, on I-4, and, man, it started raining bad. You know, in, in Florida, like, it's like a hurricane for four miles, and then, like, the sunshine stayed, like, for another three miles, then a hurricane. You know, this is one of those things. I mean, it was a bad storm. I mean, you ever been there before where it was so bad, you, you can't see, like, in front of you at all? And then everybody's, like, going to the side, putting their little hazards on. I don't think you're supposed to do that. I mean, I, I didn't pass that part of my test. But, um, um, but everybody's doing all these crazy things. I had to go to a destination. And there was darkness all around. And what I had to make the decision was one, two things. I either, I'm either going to be late to the destination by me parking and waiting, or I'm going to have to move forward through the darkness and eventually see the light. I wasn't going 60 miles per hour like I was supposed to on I-4. I was barely going 10 to 15. But the process that got me to the end, to my destination, it might have been slower than what I intended it to be. But it wasn't the speed. It was the persistence of going forward. And yeah, it took me an extra 20, 30 minutes in the darkness. And yeah, I didn't know what was in front of me. I had to have a little bit of faith. But when I kept on going forward at the speed in the darkness, eventually I saw the light at the end of the tunnel and I took that 70 miles per hour. But if what but what if I stopped? What if I stopped in the fear of the darkness? I would have been late to my purpose or I probably would never even got there because I was scared and I would turn around this is where we're at in our, in our life sometimes darkness will come are we either going to park in it and wait for everything to be great and it might turn great or you might quit or you can just move forward day by day if you have breath in your lungs you still have purpose in your heart. So God says, hey, go at my speed. It might not be as quick as you want. And yet the darkness might get a little scarier. There might be some sounds. There might be a little bit more rain. But I'm here to tell you today, your job is not to park it. Your job is to move it to where God has you to go. It doesn't matter the speed. It doesn't matter the darkness. All you're supposed to do is go. Go through it. Go through it. Because when you go through it, you're ready to take on the next thing that God has in your life. It's the process of going through in your life. The shepherd will get you through. And last but not least, as I close, turn. You got to know that darkness will arise. You, you, you have to understand that you have to keep on going through. Don't be scared. God has you. In this darkest season of your life, yes, this might be the darkest season of your life, but I'm here to tell you, God still has you. You might not understand. 
You might not comprehend it, but I'm here to tell you, keep on going forward. And then last but not least, in this verse, the shepherd tells us to go through, but he also gives us the tools for the season we're in. Number four, comfort in the darkness. We all need to be comforted at times when times are bad. I mean, has anybody been there before where you, your life is just a mess? You don't know if to go forward. You don't know to go back. You don't know to go left or right. And you have to literally trust God. Have you been there before where your resources or your charisma didn't get you what you need? You truly have to trust. But in that trust, in that fear, you can still be comforted. Why? Because God has given you the tools. See, this verse emphasizes two different instruments that the shepherd would use on a daily basis. These instruments were vital to the protection and the guidance of the shepherd. Number one, it was probably a little bigger than this, but it was a rod. And, and the rod, the shepherd would carry this rod for his protection. If somebody's, if, if, if an animal coming, this rod had a little bit of weight to it and he can knock the animal out. It was protection for the shepherd. But this rod also was for correction of the sheep. Sheesh. It was for the protection of the shepherd, but also the correction of the shepherd. And then there was also the shepherd's staff. It says in the word, it says in that verse that your your rod and your staff, they shall what? Comfort me. See, the shepherd's staff was for guidance, and the shepherd's staff was also for reliance. Let me see. God is so good. Whenever the shepherd was in the darkest place, when there was, it was pitch dark, the, the staff was to feel out what was in front to get them to the place they needed to be for direction, but also whenever the shepherd felt weary and weak, it laid his, his, his weight on the staff for reliance. God is telling you today that in the midst of the darkest seasons of your life, he has given you the tools to move forward. He's given you his word as that rod for your protection of your heart, for the protection of your soul. He's given you the tools to move forward, that rod to not only protect you, but also to correct you. Because there's going to be times where it's not all rainbows and butterflies, honey. There's going to be times where God has to put you on your back and says, hey, enough is enough. There's going to be time where God has to correct your will. 
There's going to be times where God has to correct your temper. There's going to be times where God has to correct your pride. Are you willing to take the correction and the protection? Because we want the protection. <laughs> Dang ninja up here. Well, when, when the enemy comes towards me, I want God to protect me with his rod, with his word. And that's great. But his word is not only for your protection, it's also for your correction. Because when you read the word and it's all butterflies and rainbows, you ain't reading the word right. Because when I read the word, I'm like, dang, I stink. I need a change. Hey, I need to do some things in my life that is a little different. Hey, I need to think a little different about myself. His word is that rod. He gives you the tools. But then is that shepherd's staff. And he says that when you can't see in front, I will still guide you. I will still guide you. I have you. Not only will I guide you, I will be there when you are weak. Man, there's going to be seasons in your life where it's so easy to quit. And you feel like you've done all you can. And it feels like you can't go anymore. God said, just lean. Just lean when you're weak. I've given you the staff to lean on. You don't have to just fall. No, 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 just lean. Yeah, you're going to be weak. But just lean on the staff that I've given you. It's for your guidance and it's also for you to lean when you feel weak. And it says that these two, two instruments, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And his word is that protection, that rod that I need. And then also his staff is there to guide me. Are you comforted today through Christ Jesus? Because this season of darkness, you don't have to do it alone. Matter of fact, don't do it alone. He's given you the tools to go through He's giving you the tools to say, hey, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm ready. He's giving you the tools to say, hey, I am more than a conqueror. I, it might be a shadow. It might be surrounding me. But his word and his staff is what I need to be comforted in my life. Do you feel like the enemy is surrounding you? Do you feel like you can't go left, you can't go right, you don't know what to do? I'm here to tell you that the shepherd of your soul is here. And he says, even though you go through the valley of the shadow of death, there's a word in there that we didn't talk about yet. It says, hey, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He says he will never leave you nor he will he forsake you. The shepherd 
is here. He's giving you the tools. His rod, his staff. Feel comforted today that he still has your back. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.